Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. We're going to continue our series um, on what we're talking about. Faith? Is that right? You sure? Healthy heart. Somebody missed a Sunday. <laughs> but faith will give you a healthy heart. We're going to continue on our, our talk on faith. And uh, it is so vitally important. And, and I have seen so much, I think, over the last couple of years um, that I see a need for us as a body of Christ, I don't think that we as individuals or we as Harvest Community Church can, can, can get to where God wants us to be unless we beef up on our faith, unless we come to a different place in our faith. The faith that we all had two years ago, before two years ago, is not the same faith that's going to get you through what's ahead. The faith that we had a couple of years ago, not even sure was really faith anyway. Because m- most of our lives are pretty good. Um, we survived the storms. But when the big one came, that opened actually, I believe, the door. Uh, and, and, and COVID is, is, but there's so many other factors and things happening all at once that I believe is the last of the last days that's moving in. The faith that we thought was faith, I don't think will be what will get you through in the days ahead. We've got to do something where our faith is concerned. So what I've decided to do is go back to the beginning. Let's go all the way. And I say back to the beginning. I'm not talking about God, you know, let there be light. That, not that beginning. But I'm talking about going back to the beginning of basics when it comes to faith and understanding faith. I think there are a lot of people in the church who don't have faith because they don't have the Holy Spirit because they've never been born again. I think there are a lot of people who are Christians because their mom and dad was a Christian, not because they were born again. I think there are a lot of people in the church today who are Christians because they were born in America. And we all know that if you're born in America, everybody in America is a Christian. Somebody said that Tennessee has more Christians than it has people. Um, I know McFeeder's Bend does, and that, <laughs> that's where all the Christians live down there. Um, but uh, being alive in America and living in a family that is Christian does not make you a believer, a follower of Christ, does not make you born again, does not make you the spiritual being that God wants us to be. So we're going to pick up here and start working through this journey of 
where, um, where it all kind of began and started with, but we have to see where it all broke. Does that make sense? So let's do like this. You are made up of body, soul, and spirit. How many of you know that you're a triune person? Body, soul, and spirit. You can see it throughout, well, you can see it in the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You can see it throughout in the, in the tabernacle, the outer court, the body, the inner court, the soul, and the Holy of Holies, the spirit. So it's all through Scripture. It's hidden in the mysteries, and it's exposed in so many ways, exposed through Jesus Christ. When Adam and Eve sinned, in the garden, before sin, God had breathed his life into them. You with me? They're, they were born in their spirit. They were, he, his life was there. They had communion with God in their spirit. The body is an earth suit. How many of you know this body is merely an earth suit? If you go to Mars, your earth suit won't work in Mars. How many of you have got a trip planned anytime soon? You're, 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 you will have to have a Mars suit. God built us an earth suit to live in this physical, natural world. But you are not your body. You are a spirit with a soul that lives in a body. You're a spirit with a soul that lives in a body. You are a... And your body is your earth suit. And unless your spirit has been born spiritually, then you're really functioning out of death, darkness in your spirit, your soul naturally, and your physical body. In the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned, God said, if you eat of that, if you eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will die. They ate of it, and as far as we saw, they didn't die for hundreds of years, right? So what was up with that? They did die, and they died immediately, and they died in their spirit. That meant darkness, where communion with God was. Boom, the light's out. Death in Scripture means separation, not annihilation. So immediately, they were separated from their relationship with God in their spirit. God is spirit, and they that worship him will worship him in spirit and in truth. That's what Jesus told the lady at the well. So God is spirit. We worship him in spirit. It ha it, our worship comes from in here. It flows out, but it, it actually happens in the spirit because God is spirit. And when we died in the Garden of Eden and it got passed on, Adam and Eve sinned, death came in the garden, it got passed upon all men. So every human being born since then has been born with, a, with lights out in their spirit. Your body is made up of, um, well, we won't go into the whole thing. I could teach you a whole We're only going to focus on one part of the body. The body is, uh, you, we all have within our body, we have sensory organs. The physical, this earth suit. This is such an intricate earth suit. Have you ever thought about that? The, the guys that made the moon suit, 
not even close to what daddy made when he made this thing here. You know what I'm saying? I mean, all the little parts and everything that works and throw, throw a couple extra things in there. It's like, ah, let's stick a gallbladder in there. If it gets taken out, not a big deal. We need something from it to have a little bit of pain. Let's put an appendix in there. And if they can make it without that, it's just some of those things so you can have surgeries. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's made so intricate. But the one system, the, the nervous system and the sensory system that's in our body, we have, sens we have, we have sensory organs, and that's how we, we experience the world from our body, and we bring information from this body into our soul. So one sensory organ is your eyes. Your eyes are a sensory organ right? They sense, they see. Information then is taken from what we see into our brain. Our ear is a sensory organ. We, what do we do with our ears? We hear with our ears. So through, uh, through this sensory organ, since our senses, hearing, one of the senses, hearing comes in through our ears, right? We have another one, it's a nose. We all have one. It's an awesome thing about noses. They're all so unique. Like fingerprints, there's not two alike. I made that up. I don't know if it's true or not, but. What do we do with our nose? We smell. Uh, taste buds, sensory organ, what do we do with that? We taste, right? Um, our skin, sensory organ. What do we do with our skin? We feel, touch. So now we see that this body was made up so that our physical body can take information that is coming from outside, it puts it in through the senses, into our brain, and then in our soul, mind, will, and emotions, our mind then deals with the data that's coming in and out from our brain. Is anybody tracking, am I confusing the far out of you so far? Okay, I'm trying to, see, I understand things very simple. I'm just a very simple person. Most of the time people can understand me because I am simple. Unless they don't. <laughs> now we've got our bodies, which before we are born again, our body and our soul is all we're working with. Natural. Natural world physical world oriented now what is the subject we're talking about faith. faith and how many of you know that you don't need the kind of faith that god has for you if all you are is purely natural purely physical so now we're operating in a world by making decisions by our senses and those are very powerful how many, of you, how many of you right now could smell a, uh, maybe a certain smell that would take you back 20 years? Immediately you have a memory. Because our mind, our memories are connected to what comes in through our bodies. That's the reason we ought to be careful what you do with it. Because all that stuff is still going to be in your mind coming back to haunt you later on. 
Just thought I'd throw that in. 50 cents extra, that's it. Your soul, mind, will, and emotions is dealing with the information coming and going. So your body is giving information back, your mind giving information to your body, telling it what not to do. Now we have a natural faith within, a natural faith within our soul and our body, a natural faith. A natural faith that caused each of you to come in here today and probably hardly any of you laid down on the floor, looked under that chair to make sure that all four legs were there and that they were good and strong and ready to hold you up. Did anybody do that? I, I'm, there has to be at least one person. But you didn't, most of us did not do that. Why? Because there's a natural faith that we all just trusted we could sit in it and everything's going to be okay. Most of you, not, not everybody, but most of you got in your car this morning and you didn't give another thought about being able to make it from your house to here. And you, didn't, you never thought about it. Why? Because you had a natural faith that's just like, it's going to happen. You're tracking with me. Wouldn't it be awesome if we got that kind of faith in the spiritual realm where we just had faith that it's going to happen? But I need to back back up. Natural faith. Some of you, because of your car, prayed all the way to church today. <laughs> and that's a good thing, right? Lord, please let this thing make it. Please let this thing make it. Please let this thing make it. Now, we're, we're getting ready to look at some passages. Body, sensory system, all kinds of systems that make this up. Soul, mind, will. Okay. Y'all gotta start writing stuff down. Soul, mind, will, and emotions. Mind, will, and emotions. Emotions are powerful. Have you ever smelled something that affected your emotions? Have you ever heard a song? that took you back 10 years to a moment and you actually felt emotions from that song. Not the emotions because of the song, the emotions because of what the song reminded you of. Does that make sense? So we see how powerful all of that is. And if you live your life merely from soul and body, you are limited to only what this world has to offer. You're limited only to the wisdom of this world. You're limited only to the ways, the principles, the directives of this world. That's why we have to add life to something else. And that is your spirit. And if you have never been born, Jesus talked about in John 3 about being born what? Again. What did he mean by being born again? Another word was be born from above, born with a heavenly birth, born spiritually. Because the light was out inside, the light and life has to come back before we have the awareness and the communion and the, open, the openness with God. Does that make sense? Otherwise, 
you're, you're susceptible to uh, demon forces. And let me tell you something. In these last days, start to watch. You will see more and more demonic work through people's lives, and you'll see more and more demon possession. If you want to see a lot of things now that are called, that are called and there are still mental disorders and emotional disorders, but there's a whole lot of stuff out there that's being called mental disorders that's nothing more than demon possession or demon oppression. But they hide because none of us like to talk about demons. So they can hide behind our pride and they can wreak havoc on people's lives. Does that make sense? A lot of the things you see with, with drug addiction and you see people out there and it's like, what in the world is, is happening with them? A lot of these drugs open people up. If, if they are not born again, if they're not born spiritually, open them up for demons to come into their lives. You will see more and more and more demonic activity that way. I do not try to scare you. Because as a believer, we're going to find out in a little while you've been given authority over them in your own life, and you can take authority over them in other people's lives. Does that make sense? But we have to be alive spiritually. Have you been born again? Or are you a Christian because mom and daddy were? Have you ever chosen on your own to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. Lord, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. You are a Savior who came to save sinners. I ask you to come into my life. I repent. I turn from my, the ways that I have been going. I repent with my mindset. I denied you, but I believe you now and, and begin to walk with him. And in that moment, a new birth happens. In that moment, the Holy Spirit gives you, regenerates you, makes you alive. Now, Let's look at some verses because I want to kind of build on this. If I've got time, I've got all kinds of time. There's nobody in a hurry in this service, are, are you? <clears throat> well, at least me and Nate will be here. <clears throat> did, did you track with me? All, it's, it's so vitally important that we got that first part. Did anybody track with me on that? Do you, know, do you know why we have not experienced, I think, the unity in the church that Jesus prayed for in the book of John? Um, I, think, I think partly because much of what we, when we call Christianity, we look at, at all the people who sit in, in a building, right? And we assume that probably 95% of those people are believers who have been born again. And then we assume that there may be a, a, a few that have not, chose, have not come to that place of putting their faith in Jesus yet, but maybe they're seeking. But I dare say in this country, and this is only a guess, but I think probably a very large percentage of people who sit in seats in churches have never been born again. I do think, and, and, and hear, hear what I say, hear what I say. 
if we're our online family, we love you and we are so glad that you're here. Aren't we glad? We're so glad that you are a part of this family. But I will tell you that a lot of people that used to sit in those seats when COVID came disappeared and they're still disappeared. Some of them, some of them for a good reason. Some of them are not ready yet due, due to all the stuff, the COVID stuff, but they plan on it. But there are a lot of people who will never be back. You tracking with me? Because, real, because storms will reveal where we are in faith or lack of. You remember when Jesus talking to the disciples, storm came upon, we talked about, we saw it last week, the storm came upon, all of a sudden they, the, the storm comes and Jesus is asleep in the boat and they wake him up and Jesus calms the storm down and he turns around and he looks at them and he says, why were you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Why were you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? When fear runs our life, it reveals a lack of. Jesus, you, Jesus did that. Just Jesus did that. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? How did he know they still have no faith? Because their fear. That makes sense? How many of you are bored yet? Amen. <laughs> Hebrews eleven six. I'm going to walk us through these, and we're going to we're going we're going to walk through these every week for a while, except every Sunday, except for the ones that we don't. Hebrews eleven six. And without faith, without faith, without faith, it is impossible. To please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is what? Impossible. impossible. What does impossible mean? Not possible. Without faith, it is impossible. So he's saying you can have a thousand other things, but if you don't have faith, you can't please God. So then he goes on to say, uh, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. You got to believe, you have to have faith. How many of you know you can't see them? Right? We see the results everywhere of his existence, but, but we can't see him standing right there. See, Lord. We can't see him. Can you see him? I can't, but most of you can't, right? You can't see him standing right there. So we have to believe it requires faith. And that he rewards those, okay, let's do this, that he rewards those who what? Earnestly. He rewards those who what? Earnestly seek, him. earnestly seek him. How long has it been since you've earnestly sought him? Just a question. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we live by, for we live by our senses. For we live by, not by. So he's just, you know what he's saying? He's not talking about just the, only the eye. We live by faith, not by all the sensory input that we have. The physical senses, all of that sense. We live by faith, not that. Spiritual person, live by faith. 
born-again person can live by faith, but the other person cannot. Can only live by sight. Romans 1.17. How many of you remember the verse that says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The Word of God. Okay, faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the words of Bud, right? That's the reason I'm going to read you a ton of scripture. Because your faith is only going to, only going to come when you're in his word. And I don't mean this critically, but I do know that some of you will never pick up a Bible between now and next Sunday. And if I don't read a lot of it to you here, you're not going to get any of it. How many of you are mad at me? Romans 1.17, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is from faith, uh, or that is by faith from first to last. It starts there, it ends there. Just as it is written, the righteous. The righteous will. Who will live by faith? The righteous will live by faith. Who are the righteous? Are you righteous? Are you righteous? Some of you are afraid. See, that's why I'm teaching this. Because some of you are afraid to say. I mean, you want to say yes, but then you're thinking back about, eh, but yeah, but yesterday, I don't know. You want to say yes, but you're not confident. And I want you to leave confident. <laughs> I want you to leave confident of whether or not you are the righteous one that is to live by faith. Let me ask you a question for those who are going to end up being the righteous ones. And we're going to find out who they are in a minute. But for those of you, let's all pretend like we all are right now, just for the sake of listening to me, and then we'll exempt some of you in a few minutes, okay? <laughs> but for the moment, are you getting any kind of an idea of how important faith is in our walk? And are you starting to see that we sure haven't been living by it? See, faith is trust. And I think it's really odd that we can say, I trust him with my eternal life, but I cannot trust him to provide for me. I trust him with my eternal life, but I can't trust him for healing. I trust him with, I trust him with my eternal life, but I can't trust him to fix my marriage. Is anybody listening to me? So I wonder, do we really have faith for eternal life if it doesn't go any further than that because we don't trust him with anything else? How do we know we don't trust him? How did he know that the disciples, how did he know that the disciples still didn't have any faith? How did Jesus know the disciples still didn't have any faith? Because they were afraid. Fear controlled them in that moment. Does fear control any of us? Are we living our lives full of fear? 
I hope not, but to the degree we can start to understand. Look at, look at Romans 3.21. We're going to find out who the righteous are. I told you we're going back to basics. We're going to find out who the righteous are. But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known. So Paul's saying, okay, yeah, you, you're, you're talking about the law, under the law, but I want to tell you that the righteousness of God has been made known apart from that. To which the law of the prophets testify, law and the prophets. This righteousness is given through what? This righteousness is given through what? This righteousness is given through faith in who? To who? To who? To all who believe. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus. Have you put your faith in him? Have you believed on the name of the Son of God? Now, I'm talking about real faith. I'm talking about real believing. I'm not talking about believing because Grandma believed. I'm not talking about believing because Papa was a preacher. I'm not talking about believing because mom and dad never missed a day of church in their life and they drug you there five, six days a week because that's what it used to take to stay saved. Some of you are saying, was he serious, Mabel? No, I'm not. That's why we have, and, and pardon, pardon the terms. I'm talking about in a spiritual sense, okay? But that's why our churches are full of fat baby Christians. Spiritually, I'm talking about. I'm talking spiritually. Fat baby Christians who were in, do you know who some of the most cantankerous, mean people are that claim to be Christians? Are people that were in church five and six days a week and that bragged that there was not a day that the church door was open that I wasn't there. Well, my kids were born on the front pew. And <laughs> that's probably what's wrong with you. Not that you were born on the front pew, but that you spent your entire existence feeling proud that you stayed in a building a lot. Is anybody tracking? What does sitting in a building listening to a preacher all the time do for you? It will make you fat and sassy baby Christian. Why? Because we're getting, we're eating all the time. But when do we exercise? Spiritually speaking. I don't want to get myself under conviction on this physical stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I'm staying as far away from that as I can.
Why do churches spend so much time fighting over needless stuff? Colors of carpet. Do you put one of those devil tubes in there? I don't know what the, it used to be called something. I don't remember what it was that they called it. Got these drums conjuring up demons. <laughs> that was for Halloween. <laughs> Turning the lights off and making it a nightclub. Do you know why? Because the church, in so many ways, and if you're not a part of that, if you're not, if if that's not you inside, then just ignore it. Pretend like I'm not talking to you. But if it is, eh. we are so physical world, natural world oriented, never been transformed from the culture and the way of the thinking of the world to actually walk and live by faith. And it's going to be one or the other. You got a couple minutes? This righteousness was given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew or Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us, that's why we have to be born again. All are justified freely by His grace through the redemption of Jesus. So our salvation comes by faith, by, by grace through faith in Jesus. Look at um, um, Ephesians 2.1. Ephesians 2.1. Now, how many of you just saw who the righteous are? Does anybody know? We just saw, didn't we, who the righteous are? Who are the righteous? Hello. Say it with confidence. Believers. Those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ as their Savior. Are you righteous? Has nothing to do with what you did yesterday. Are you righteous? Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ to save you? Yes. You're righteous. Are you a, don't answer this. <laughs> I do not want to embarrass anybody. Are you a sinner saved by grace? Don't answer it. Yes. No. I told you. <laughs> if you answered, I told you. You are not. You are either saved by grace or you are a sinner. But you cannot be both. Amen. Currently, if you have been born again, you're a saint of God. You cannot be a sinner saved by grace because once you're saved by grace, you're no longer a sinner and the two cannot Coexist. Does this make sense? There's so much. Oh, I could teach on that one all day too. Let's just. Ephesians 2.1. I think we know who the righteous are. Right? And I think we know that, that the righteous live by faith. Right? So if we are of the righteous and we're not living by faith, we better figure it out. Many of us entered in and we're still standing in the foyer. 
We entered in and we're still standing in the foyer, which means we learn how to believe to receive eternal life, to accept Jesus, but that's as far as we've gotten. And what I want us to do, Harvest Community Church, I want us to, I want us to keep on going and, and, and experience all that God has for us. I want to teach faith until not one person can go to hell from here. If you go to hell from Harvest Community Church, you're going to have to work at it. <laughs> if you go to hell from Harvest Community Church, I know. I know. It's work up here sometimes. Dangerous. If you go to hell from Harvest Community Church, it's going to be because you had to harden your heart to everything that we teach from here. Because I am going so far back to the basics on this that you're going to have to try to go to hell. You, I mean it. <laughs> you're going to have to try to go to hell. Because I'm going to tell you how to not. <laughs> Ephesians 2.1, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. From the garden all the way up, as for you, you, point at somebody and say, you were dead in transgressions and sins. In which you used to live and you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. In your natural, unspiritually born state, this is you. You, in which you live, you followed the ways of the world. How many of you know that's what you do because there are no other ways to follow in our unregenerate, unborn spiritual state? Follow the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. Who is the ruler of the kingdom of the air? Satan is the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The spirit. He is a what? He's a spirit, right? The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Do you want to know who's at work in all the stuff that's going on in this world? All of us also lived among them at one time. Oh, wow, listen at this. This is supposed to be past, right? Past tense. Also lived among them, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of the flesh. Have you ever gratified the cravings of the flesh? In your natural state, that's all you can do. Following its desires and its thoughts. How many of you are led by the cravings of the flesh and following its desires and its thoughts? How many of you let your body tell you what to do rather than from your spirit allowing you, your, from your spirit, you telling your soul to tell your body what to do? Y'all are, are, are tired, too tired. I can tell you're not learning anymore. 
Verse 4, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, because of his great love for us, God who is, has a little bit of mercy. God who has just an ounce or two of mercy. God who is rich in mercy made us, what's that say? Alive. alive. How many of you know to, to live by faith, you have to be made alive in Christ? And how are we made alive in Christ? By grace through faith. And, and, if you, and I'm not going to read all that, but if you read it, that's what the rest of that says. We're saved by grace through faith. So if we have eternal life, it's because of that. I'm going to, um, I'm going to get away from up here because I've got company coming. And let me talk to you for a second. I'm going I'm to skip down and read a passage that uh, we got we to grab. This life has to be a faith walk. We can't please God unless we learn to live by faith. We live by faith, not by sight. We have to learn. We have to learn to live by faith. That means that as believers, we should be seeing what nobody else can see. We should be able to see what nobody else can see because we see with the eyes of faith. Faith is the currency that we receive everything we get from the kingdom of God. Listen to this. Colossians 2.13, when you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you, what's that say? Alive with Christ. What did he do? He forgave us of what? How many of them? All of our sins. The ones that condemned us. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness. Not going to go into this, but I can see that big giant cord in heaven. And the devil and all of his little guys over here. And they're making accusations against all of God's people. And Jesus said, we're going to close court down. And he comes over here and listen to this. Uh, the legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Amen. Listen to this. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross. I love this, having disarmed, having disarmed powers and authorities. Do you know what those powers and authorities are? Demons. The devil and his hierarchy. Disarmed. Got we? Disarmed. Jesus on the cross. Let's go back just for a moment. Adam and Eve sinned, and we died. Jesus died so that we could live. And when we believe him, we live. And now our spirit is alive again. The inner, inner part of you. Outer court, your soul, mind, will, and emotions, inner court, but the holy of holies 
is alive again. Where communion with God happens. Where a daily walk with our Father happens. Where He is no longer laws, but He is a personal friend. He is a personal God. He is a personal Savior. He walks with us. He talks with us. He leads us. He wants communion with us. He wants to be a part of every part of your life that happens in your spirit. And when that begins to happen in your spirit, then everything that's happening there should begin to influence your soul. So now the body is not the one doing all the influencing. The body is not telling your soul, oh, that felt good, I want to do it again. And your soul not smart enough to say, but yeah, but that ain't the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. So your body goes back and does it again. But over here in the Holy of Holies, in your spirit, your spirit is saying, no, you don't want to go that way. You don't want to go that way until you begun, begin to learn to walk in such faith with the Lord that nothing else compares. You begin to hear his voice in such a way that nothing else compares. Nothing. And then when the devil comes up offering and he starts to offer and he starts to tempt you, Something rises up inside of you. Yes. Something inside of you says, no. Yeah. No. I know the Lord. I've got an intimacy with the Lord that you wish you had, devil. And that's why you're trying to mess mine up. Because you had it at one time and you turned away from it. And you rebelled against God. But I saw what happened to you. I'm not doing it. Yeah, yeah you miss out on his love. You mad at me? That's your fault, big boy. You're the one that messed that up, devil. But I'm going to walk in his love. I'm going to walk in the intimacy that you had and you forsook. I'm going to walk in the power that only Jesus can give. You with me? Do you want to start this journey? If you have never been born again, that's the start. You just got to come to the place to say, I've always been a Christian because of all those other things. I didn't know you had to be born into the family of God. I didn't know about that dead in spirit thing and being made alive in Christ thing. I didn't know about that. You do now. You do now. So now, you want to say, bud, I don't want to be dead in trespasses and sins anymore. Jesus died for me so I didn't have to, so I am, I'm receiving him today. I want him in my life. Would you bow your heads, please? Is there anyone in this room you'd say, bud, I've never been born again. I want to receive Jesus as my Savior today. I want to be born again. I want to be a part of the family of God. I want to be alive in my spirit so I can learn to walk by faith and not by sight. I want to learn to be alive in my spirit so I can face the storms of this life and see things that nobody else can see that's merely a natural person. I want Jesus, anybody. Now look at me. Stand up with me if you would. We're going to sing.
How many of you believe that if there was ever a time that we need to wake up, it's today? How many of you believe we need to wake up? Anybody? We need to be awake. We need to be awake to see what he sees. And you've got to be born of the Spirit to do it. We've got to wake up. We've got to be awake in this hour. And so as we sing, you're welcome to come up here and pray if you want to come and pray and just say, Lord, wake me up. I need to be awake in this last hour before Jesus calls us out and it could be any time I need to be awake let's sing and pray if you'd like to wake me up Lord wake me up thank you for joining us today if you've enjoyed listening be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you again next week.